This is Madam Mayhem, and you're listening to the Shred Shack Podcast. Greetings, folks. I'm Dan Mack. This is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. And you're listening to episode 30 of the Shred Shack Podcast, your weekly source of news and uninformed yet heavily biased opinions pertaining to all things heavy metal. Episode 30. Nice. That's as old as you are. It's as old as me. It is old as fuck. Hey, hey, hey. (laughs) I'm your older brother. I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Okay. So while we're talking about old shit, <laughs> let's go on and talk about some old business. Old business is old business, and new business is new business. All right, well, Guns N' Roses nonsense. Old shit. Yes. Man. All right, so a Twitter account claiming to be Izzy Stradlin was created earlier this week, and his first tweet was to shoot down rumors of his involvement in the quote-unquote reunion. Rolling Stone actually did get in touch with the real Izzy, who confirmed that the Twitter account was indeed his. And he's quoted as saying, I know there's a lot of questions regarding my Twitter account, but it's me. I opened a Twitter account. There was just so much speculation going on regarding my involvement and studio recording. There's so much misinformation, so I wanted to clarify that I'm not in the studio recording with any of the Guns N' Roses guys. At this point in time, I'm not involved in in the actual shows. A lot of stuff fans are reading isn't true. So Izzy is not part of the reunion whatsoever. What I like is the fact that he did not say anything like, I would like to be involved if I got a call. That That's yeah. Steve Adler. <laughs> <laughs> that's Steve Adler, like, waiting by the phone. Guys! Guys! <laughs> like, banging on the door. Guys! <laughs> and that's it for old business. It's, it's, it's just... It, Old business seems to be just Guns N' Roses and Black Sabbath. Really yeah. Well, right now, Black Sabbath hasn't, re- hasn't um, canceled any shows recently. All the shows are going off without a hitch. And I, I've heard some, some good things, mm-hmm. aside from, from Pat and Reese's experience. Like, it seems like the tour is going pretty well. well so, good. So let's move on to some new business. And this is new business, and we do not discuss new business until next quarter. And as always with new business, we start with album releases. And... Um, some albums came out this week. Not as much as last week. Not as no. much as last week, but some albums came out this week, and I got to none of them because it's <laughs> top three time. So, uh, guess who did? Guess who did get to listen to some new stuff? <laughs> <laughs> no, just take, take a guess. Go ahead. <laughs> it's fine. Not nearly as many as last week, so we don't have to go through the lightning round. In all, in all fairness, one of them is a three-song EP. So yeah, so... Uh, keep yeah. it off light for that one. Yeah, <laughs> definitely sh- for sure there. Um, the first one is the band Them. We talked about them. <laughs> I made them the clip from last week. Last week, because um, they're they're releasing this EP. I didn't realize it was coming out so soon. Uh, but here it is, the Fear Them EP. Um, this is what's going to be available on their tour. They're currently on tour with Halloween. Pat saw them. There's a picture of uh, Pat and Lee Singer on Facebook right now. Um, and Dan, you joked last week when we talked about them. Being a being King a Diamond, Diamond tri- and my God, they're not a tribute band. They're not doing covers, but 
but they are playing songs and writing material in the vein of King Diamond right off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty close to... I don't know. I know you really like them, Chris. I almost steal the thunder. No, no, no. To me, it's like, it's real close to like, they're just basically copying them and like ripping them off almost. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's it's a little bit on the nose. I'm, I'm actually a big fan of it only because it, it's like such a throwback to like the them. <laughs> this is just so hard. Uh, period of time for King Diamond. And, um,. I think it's great. It's very melodic. It's fast. It's heavy. The vocalist sounds just like King Diamond, which is not a bad thing, it's in my opinion. The, 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 the kind of upside to this, aside from what you're saying, is the fact that also King Diamond hasn't released an album in almost 10 years. There's no one coming out this year, but, I mean... Yes, if, this if, is... Yeah. If, if, if you're really suffering for some new stuff... Yeah, if you can't wait yeah. for the new King Diamond, pick this, this EP up, and also... From what I understand, that these three songs appear on their debut album. I think it's coming out this year, called Sweet Hollow. It's a concept album. Apparently, Sweet Hollow already came out. This oh, is a, this is like this is part of the tour edition of it. Oh, okay. So yeah. I gotta go find me that album it's, then. I, th- I think the album came out like a, a few weeks ago. Or something. Okay, so I gotta go find that. Yeah. So, but I personally liked it, and if the album is out, I will go out and get it because I'm you know big fan of it, big fan. So it is good. I mean. The, I will admit, it, we, we were jamming out to that, and yeah. the gym, it was really good. And a lot of head bobbing movements, yeah. and again, like the vocalist is, you know, just like King Diamond. And it, it, you know, I know Pat mentioned that after he saw them that, you know, it, a little lacking in the live performance, uh-huh. but on on record they sound incredible. So, plus it's Michael Pond. We've been covering Michael Pond's different projects for like the last three months now. Yeah, it's it's, it's good that he's got all these cool projects going on because. You know, we were a little underwhelmed by uh, the last, yeah, so, underwhelmed by Underworld. I did not intentionally do that. <laughs> you totally did, I and totally you're a liar. <laughs> but they haven't said like they are like a tribute band or anything. Right? No, 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 no. As far as I know, okay. As far as I know, but I mean, everything kind of like they're definitely like in the vein of it because like yeah, yeah. even the artwork that's on the Bandcamp page yeah. looks exactly like a King Diamond cover. Art. Um, the guy wears a top hat. He wears some makeup on, not like King Diamond yeah, makeup, but he wears little, makeup yeah. and the same same kind of getup as King Diamond. So, but in this day and age, we need something like that. And I didn't know I did, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> Finding a need in fair enough. Wow, Colton robots. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. Well, that that was uh, one. Okay, that was okay. This the second one is more up to you guys, and um, I'll just start off by saying that this is not going to be the last you hear of this band. Most certainly not. Oceans of Slumber. We mentioned them briefly last week. It's incredible. They're actually we consider I would consider them almost a local band for us because they're from Houston. Mm-hmm. Signed to Century Media Records, and this is their third full release. I did a little bit of research back on, on them, going back, and um, it's everything you want in a prog record. Um, it's heavy at times, very melodic. Uh, the female vocalist is 
incredible, very soulful. All the other guys, most of the other guys do do vocals. I found that out. Okay. They're not, they're not so, credited on the Facebook page, but on their website, the, the, most of them were credited as doing vocals. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, so there's a the male harsh vocals mixed in there. Um, incredible musicianship. The drummer is actually one of the highlights of it. He actually, I think, if I remember correctly, he's like a classically trained or a jazz trained drummer. So he's got some chops there. And guitar work is incredible as, as well as the bass lines. Um, they do an incredible cover of Nights in White Satin by oh, the Moody Blues. Oh, my God. Like, I, when, <laughs> when that came on in the gym, I, I nearly lost my mind. Like, because I remember we had a discussion about, like, cover songs, and that was, like, thinking back, that's actually a song that I wish more metal bands had right. covered. And to hear that, it is so perfect. Oh, my God. Like, and, like, that, if you want to get an idea of what other, what other things these guys can do, they can... I can actually hear them covering like a, a Jefferson Airplane song. They did yeah. a couple of covers on their on their last EP, which came out in August. Is it called the the Blue EP? They've mm-hmm. done they did Cashmere, they did uh, On the Turning Away by Pink, by Pink Floyd, which was incredible. They did a cover of Solitude by Candlemass, and a couple of different ones too. But they, that, those covers were really really good. So this is a very versatile band, and. Again, we, this is not going to be the last time you hear about them because they are awesome. I actually went out and bought the CD, um, ordered it from Century Media. I was going to say it's like Best Buy. No, no, ordered it from Century Media. Um, How so much? I'm actually it was only ten bucks. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, so after shipping and handling, it came out to thirteen bucks. So it probably would have been exactly what I would have spent if I went to Best Buy. Not bad. So um, again, not the last time you're going to hear about this band. I have fallen in love with this band easily. Same, same here, no doubt. So after that, uh, that period of, of, of sucking this band off, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk about a band that sucks, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Alright, I listened to the new Hacktivist album. I don't care for the album title because I got halfway through it and I had to turn it off. I fucking hated it. <laughs> it's I don't know if you know Hacktivist, but they're a rap metal and it's like so rap. <laughs> I, I I have to say that I'm not the biggest fan of rap. All right, I do respect rappers though. I like depending uh, on the rapper. The, yeah, of course, depending on the rapper. I like Eminem because I love his flow. The fact that he's very he can speak very fast and he has very syncopated. Uh, vocal styling. I like Jay Z because he has a really mellow flow, and I like Snoop Dogg because he's just the mellowest of them all. <laughs> that being said, though, I don't go out of my way to listen to them. Sure, you know if they're on, I won't go out of my way to turn them off. These guys um, started off okay. There was a couple uh, first couple songs. There was a lot of uh, genty guitar work in there. Uh, I like the guys. Um, vocal flow things were going really well then the middle of the album came around and like the vocals outshined or overshadowed the the music and it just became too much of a hip hop record for me and again that's not my taste and it just was too much for me to handle I could not do it so I had to turn it off 
and switch to thing, switch to something else, and you know, do not tag these sons of bitches. Yeah. yeah. So cue that Monopoly clip. Don't be coming back now. We will not be tagging you in. This. <laughs> Man, that's such a shitty name for a band too. Hacktivist, like. Yeah, uh, it's such a it's such a millennial thing. Yeah. You know, just I, I, going into it, I I didn't know what to expect, and the first like the first song was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> let's try and get through this, and then. Just like just like Deadpool trying on the strap on. Nope, couldn't do it. <laughs> with with rap metal, it's it's kind of hit or miss. Um, some bands can do it pretty good. Stuck Mojo. Well, for the most part. Uh, I mean, <laughs> unless you ask Pat. Well, uh, but I was gonna say Clawfinger. I was gonna say Biohazard. You know, mm, these guys, mm, they guys do yeah. it pretty well. What about like Six Feet Under with Ice T? I mean that works. What about Black Sabbath with Ice T? <laughs> <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I mean anything Ice T I guess works. So <laughs> body count, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> body motherfucking cow. <laughs> nah, it's it was just wait, it was just over the top, yeah. over for me. Yeah. Like I mean, if anyone else is into it, you know, good on you. Yeah, not not a fan. Period. <laughs> all right, so uh, that's all we've got for. Wait, no, well, he's got one. He just—it's not just not a script. Yeah, I just—I was he's lazy. His hand like, like, hey, hey sir, hey, <laughs> like Steve Adler. Don't you da- guys, <laughs> guys, guys, <laughs> pass over me. Um, no, so I think I'm gonna have you beat on the EP though, because I reviewed or I'm reviewing Wolf Serpent. Uh, this is their new EP called Aporia Kayla Ananta, and it's a single track. But it's forty minutes long. Oh, I love it already. <laughs> That's awesome. It's a drone metal band. It's very much in the vein of Sun. So it starts off very ambient, very creepy. You know, I love this stuff that just could be a soundtrack to a movie or to a video game. Have you all heard of the new movie out called The Witch? I heard it takes of play, it. Okay, yeah. it takes place in like Salem and all that kind of stuff. All right, that this, this opening part could be the soundtrack to that movie. It's it's just got this kind of. I want to say like classical feel to it almost, but it just gives you that sense like you're in the woods, there's like demons and shit all over the place, like it's just pure ambience. And the best part is, okay, it's two it's two people. It's Brittany McConnell who's on drums and violins, and Blake Green who's on vocals and guitars. And Brittany on violin is amazing. Like if if this album had just been her with the violin, I would have loved it. I mean, and I would <laughs> nice. still would have called it metal because it's really fucking good. Right, but then I was thinking, you know, this is being billed as drone metal, you know, so at some point that's got to kick in, and around the 17 minute mark, that's when it does. And that, that, but here's the thing so I was getting, I was getting ready to say this is going to be better than Sun's Canon, you know, it's, it's sounding really good. When that, when it started off, you know, you've got the buzzing guitars, the whole notes that last for minutes at a time, but it's, it, they play it kind of straight down the line. I mean, it's not bad by any means, but it's certainly not anything kind of revolutionary in terms of the genre. One thing that is good, though, is that Britney keeps using the violins during this part. And so, I mean, she's, like, cranking out, like, a single note on that violin, like, just wearing out the bow, the bow on that. And it sounds really great. It blends really well with the guitars. Um, so I wouldn't say it's, like, better than Sun's Canyon, but it's definitely on par there. It's really good. Um... I think they have they're actually selling their vinyl on Bandcamp for 20 bucks and so if you're a vinyl lover it's bone white it looks pretty cool so I'm so, I'm, 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 thinking, I'm thinking of buying it myself it's, it's boner pretty, white boner white yeah all, all, all I'm thinking is just like vinyl what <laughs> popping um, that boner <laughs> but yeah it was good I really enjoyed it wow 
one one track for forty minutes. But that's uh, right there. It's only like, yes, only a, a drum metal band or like even a prog band. I was gonna say I, like, it's either yeah. them or, or Dream Theater. Yeah. that's well, about it. Well, well, Green Carnation, they were uh, early on. They were more doom metal. They did one track, sixty minutes long. Oh man! I think, I think the longest one that exists is roughly seventy-two minutes. One track, seventy-two one minutes. Track, one metal it, track, seventy-two minutes. Long. Isn't that like an album? Like it's it is a whole. Like it's technically their full length, right? Yeah. Like, because yeah, I think I know which one you're talking about. But like, even when you when you have a, the CD, they don't even break it apart. Into right. Parts. It's one track. Right. That's it. Wow. So that's incredible. Not like um, six degrees of inner turbulence where they break it up into eight parts. Or Gettysburg. Or, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah any of those. Um. So that's it for new releases. Let's talk about what else we've been listening to this week. Oh, okay. So I'm gonna start off. Uh, because we're doing top three, of course the top three so you'll be looking for that video coming out real soon uh, but I've also been listening to Anthrax I went back and listened to Worship Music Sound of White Noise Among the Living and We've Come For You All because I just need to remind myself of how awesome these guys are uh, I listened to some Arch Enemy uh, randomly uh, Armored Saint because after listening to uh, We've Come For You All I just wanted to listen to some more John Bush so I listened to the last Armored Saint record and then I listened to the five Dio records I have which are Holy Diver, Last in Line, Sacred Heart, Dream Evil, and uh, Lost Wall. What's it? Lock up the wolves. Lock up the wolves. Yeah, that's it. I was gonna say you had the first five. Oh, then I there it is. <laughs> you got you got to get on that shit. Go buy Magicka. <laughs> that's what he said. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's kind of funny that you say that because I listened to Dream Evil, the album by Dio, this week as well. Huh. Because it's fucking amazing. Yeah, true that. Yeah. Pete, carry on. Alright, well, since our last show, Dan, you mentioned one of the underrated bands being Sentenced, and I just could not agree more with that, so I've actually been listening to a Sentenced playlist on Spotify. I've been rocking out to a, Excuse Me While I Kill Myself, which is just, A, an awesome title for a song, and, <laughs> and B, is a really good song in and of itself. I think my favorite part of that is just the opening lyrics, is, how do you do, have yourself a pleasant afternoon, well, well fuck, fuck you too. <laughs> Good night's the word I choose for you. Yes, it's so good. So, so good. So yeah, just mainly sentence, then top three stuff. Well, I mentioned Dio already. Um, the new Ninja Sex Party cover album came out this week as well. Um, I pre-ordered it and got a downloadable version of it, so I listened to a little bit of it. Um, what do they cover? Uh, take on me. <laughs> Jump, by Van, Jump by Van Halen, The Last Unicorn, a couple other tracks. Uh, a lot of 70s and 80s um, stuff. Kind of like their style. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But um, if anybody knows Ninja Sex Party, like they know, you know that they are like a very poppy, um, goofy, um, very sex-minded band. They're a tongue-in-cheek mm-hmm. kind of band. And for them to be doing a legit covers album, it's a little bit different. Um so it's 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 cool to listen to, but I mean, I, don't know, I, I always prefer them doing something a little bit more along the the fun side. Uh, aside from that, throwing on Johnny Cash on those mornings where I just can't listen to metal on the way to work. Uh, I can't even think of what else. It's been, been the top three as well. So, and that's it for what we've been listening to this week. So now we're gonna move on to general news, which. Um, News has been pretty thick this past week. Yeah, it was, uh... Recording news is a little light, but touring and general news, especially general news this week, was a lot... Yeah, anyway. Moving on. Austin City Limits has announced a new round of tapings 
which will include Led Zeppelin frontman Robert Plant, who returns to the show stage for the first time in more than a decade on March 21st. The show will be broadcast, broadcast at a later date as part of the PBS series Austin City Limits. So, it's, that's actually kind of cool. Does Robert Plant still sound good live? Oh, people are clamoring for him. I mean, he, I mean they, did, uh, they did the reunion show in 2007. Um, he's been recording albums ever since. Yeah, and I know I he's mean, still doing shows and everything, but I mean, like, I... I probably depends on what, what he's singing. Yeah. It's probably... Uh, his, his shows are probably not Zeppelin shows. I mean, like, is, he, is, he changing, is he changing the tunes to accommodate a changing in his voice, like Ozzy? I have no idea. So. I don't know. I mean, I was, I'm also thinking he's probably playing more towards, like, his solo stuff and probably, like, more of his bluegrass stuff they did with Alice and Kress. Mm, so. That's... All right. Next up, a new book called Scott Weiland, uh, Memories of a Rockstar, features nearly 30 all-new interviews conducted exclusively for this book, including members of bands that toured with Stone Temple Pilots like Megadeth, Meat Puppets, Blind Melon, and more, worked with Scott, um, including his uh, autobiographer, autobiography co-author David Ritz, video directors, uh, producers and engineers, and people who are friends or and or admirers of Scott, including uh, Richard Patrick from Filter. Filter, Bob Forrest, Matt Pinfield, and Eddie Trunk. So that's going to be interesting. See, I I, I want to. I would like to read something like that, but I still haven't read the that unofficial biography on Lane Staley. So I'll, oh I'll, well, I'll, I'll, I, I think add. you have some catching up to do before well, you get that one. I also have to finish reading the Johnny Cash autobiography, which I bought. Cash like, by Johnny Cash. Yeah, like fifteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a reader, folks. <laughs> I read stuff. I read stuff. <laughs> Usually fortune cookies. <laughs> well, they have some pretty interesting stuff. I, I paste them on my com- my computer over there. Yes, you do. All right, next up, Richie Blackmore. You know that guy who is in Rainbow and Deep Purple? Um, anyway, he underwent an operation in February due to an excess of uric acid buildup in his finger joint because he's old. He will be unable to play for about a month but this will have no effect on the upcoming shows that he has planned for this summer, which is the the quote unquote Rainbow reunion shows. So Richie, if you do not make it to these shows, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, you got he has no repercussions. I would I would like this to just happen, even if you're you're gonna have to sit there on stage and just kind of not move around, just do the show. All right, next up, this one is uh. Interesting, because it's been a, a while in the making, actually. Uh, but a former hospital worker by the name of Matthew, I don't know if that's his first or his last name, is expected to plead guilty in the killing of Morgan Harrington, the 20-year-old Metallica fan who vanished after leaving one of the band's concerts, only for her remains to be found several months later. This happened a long, I think in like 2009. Um, Matthew will also plead guilty in the murder of 18-year-old Hannah Graham, Matthew, who is currently serving a prison term for three consecutive life sentences for sexually assaulting a woman in 2005, could have faced a death penalty in the Graham case had he had been convicted at trial. However, according to a report by some TV station, Matthew will be spared life, but will be will never be a threat to the community. So it looks like he's getting never going to be able for parole or anything like that. Good. So uh, do we know where this is? Uh, I don't remember. Okay, well, folks of wherever that is, just, I want you to think about this every single day that your taxes are paying for that man to continue living <laughs> right I think we should call down some street justice that's racist because he's black 
man. It's like a... Let's go on to the next thing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you just fucked it up. <laughs> God. According to the Sandusky Register, the basis of the Ohio black metal band Satanicon, I love that name, <laughs> uh, is suspected of killing his girlfriend before shooting himself early Sunday morning. Uh, Raphael Greaves and Angela Tierney were both dead when police got to the scene. So apparently there was a... I didn't copy and paste the whole thing. The whole There was like a transcript of the uh, 911 phone call. And I think the gist I got is that he was drunk. He's an angry drunk. He was, like, shoving her or something like that. And then shit went, like, excruciatingly sour. So, there's that. That's some bullshit right there. Yeah. yeah. Of course it would be a black metal. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. you know. Of course. Yeah. I mean, thankfully he didn't, like, you know, kill her, burn her church, and then kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Well, next you're going to hear that his bandmates took pictures of the whole thing. It's the album cover, actually. Oh, man. It's totally mayhem. Total mayhem. Anyway, because metal is heavy, Iron Maiden's new and improved branded private tour plane is too heavy to land at the airport in Germany ahead of the band's headlining gig at the Rock M. Revere Festival on May 27th. As a result, the band will land in Dusseldorf a day before the gig and take a bus to the festival site. Iron Maiden's response, pussies. <laughs> You're all a bunch of vaginas. All right. Um, Miss May I canceled their appearance at uh, Tuesday night's show in Chicago, Illinois, after being involved in a pileup on the I-39. No band, no band members were seriously, inju- seriously injured in the crash, but the trailer certainly was. I saw pictures of it. The trailer got all sorts of muffed up. But the band is currently out on the road with uh, Bless the Fall, at The Plot in You, and more. So, unfortunately, they had to cancel that show. Let our podcast be, um, be a lesson to you all. Don't use a bus! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, like I, I had... In the time of doing this, it's like, so many bus accidents have happened. Like, is it? Has this been a thing the whole time? Well, I mean, at least it's, since Metallica, it's been a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at least in one case, it was just a bus or or a gig van being set on fire. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Trans Siberian Orchestra and Sabotage guitarist Chris Caffery will fill in for Metal Church's Rick Van Zant on the latter on Metal Church's upcoming U.S. tour, which commences on March 24th in Portland. Rick had to go in for emergency eye surgery to repair a detached retina and will be unable to join the group on the road for several weeks. Oh, man, that's awful. Yeah, that's right? Dude. Especially considering that, like, I think they've gotten some positive responses to the shows they played so far. Because, like, I think they did um, one of those big boat shows. And one of the Mon- Monster Rock Cruises or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something like that. And, and it's been seemingly positive responses. So it's like, oh, you're going to miss out on something good here. Yeah. Oh, well, Master of Puppets turned 30 on Thursday. Master so did our podcast, apparently. Master of Puppets is joining me in the 30 clip. <laughs> <laughs> and this podcast. And this podcast. All right, well, here's here's one for Dan. This is the oh, dick explosion. Wait, cue that clip. Everybody shut up! I have an erection! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tony Iommi has revealed to Australia's The Music that he hopes to reunite with Tony Martin. Cue that clip again. Stop that talk! 
to record new music to be included with the upcoming release reissues of Sabbath's Headless Cross and Tear. Whoa, 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 wait. I didn't read that hard. <laughs> Motherfucker, speechless. Wait, there's more. <laughs> Quote from uh, Iomi here is, We've held back on the reissues of those albums because of the current Sabbath thing with Ozzy, but they will certainly be happening. I'd like to do a couple of new tracks for those releases with Tony Martin. I'll also be looking at working on Cross Purposes and Forbidden. Hang on a second. There. <laughs> <laughs> You're back up there from the Forbidden. Dan, your reaction, please. Okay, first of all, I'm all the fucking pissed. Actually, no, I'm not, because I bought Headless Cross and Tear a long time ago um, for pretty cheap prices. So they re-released them, new tracks. I'm cool with that. Um, they really don't need to touch Cross Purposes and Forbidden. <laughs> Actually, um, that's a lie. Because if they re-release Cross Purposes and they include Cross Purposes Live, which was, um, I don't want to say limited edition, but it didn't make its way into DVD and all that. Um, so if they re-release all that shit, that's cool. But Forbidden, you don't need to touch that. You just stay away from that one. <laughs> it is Forbidden. It is, it is, it is Forbidden. <laughs> it is Forbidden. Um, but I, I have a feeling this is going to be a lot like how they did um, initially did um, the reunion with Dio. They did the, the best of, and then the last three songs were new new tracks. Yeah, um, which I do hate because of the fact that I I hate when they do that. Like you know, like here's a best of and an extra track. Can't stand that. Aerosmith is notorious for that. Oh shit. yes, they're the worst. And I'm pretty sure I have like five of them. Yes, <laughs> yes, I think we bought all of them. Yes, because um, we're saps. But overall, I'm obviously extremely excited about this. It's just. Everything I did that everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jericho, keep it down. <laughs> everything um, I've heard from like Tony Martin after a certain period of time, I've been a little bit meh about. So I'm hoping this will be a little bit better. Like anything new that they do, but musically, I'm going to enjoy it because it's, it's it's fucking Tony Omi. Yeah. So um, it also depends on who he gets playing with him. If Geezer's going to keep on playing with him, and who's going to drum for him. Yeah, so. so. I mean, I'm sure I'll I'm sure I'll enjoy it in one way or another, but we'll see how it goes. All right, last bit of news, and this is going to be uh, preventing us from playing our "Everything Is Awesome" clip this what, week. What the Satanicon thing didn't present us? <laughs> well, well, you know. well, self-inflicted gun wounds don't really uh, do it's, that for it me. It still counts. Anyway, but John Thomas, former guitarist of the Welsh hard rock band Budgie, uh, passed away Thursday night. He was 63 years old. No cause of death was reported. Uh, Budgie is one of those bands that. Apparently influenced like just about everybody. Were they uh, Bread Fan? I think so. Yeah, I think that was the song. So they influenced Metallica. They were one of um, Dave Mustaine's favorite bands when they first came out. Uh, so they had a very big influence on the early um, thrash scene, at least from those two bands alone. So that's a bummer. Well, that's definitely a bummer. So rest in peace, good sir. Bread Fan, you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's it for general news. Let's move on to recording news, which is a little light, as you said. A little light. A little light. Uh, Norwegian progressive metalers Leperus will record their first ever live album and DVD uh, release on June 4th at Rockefeller in Oslo, Norway. Now, Chris, I don't know anything about Leprous. Does it noodle? I don't know. I have to figure it out. I have to check them out. <laughs> can, we, can we make that our t-shirts? Instead of does it gent, we can do does it noodle. Yes, absolutely. That would rock that so hard. As well as the pink 
death metal shirt with the rainbow in the, yeah. in the corner. I would oh, so hard. And, and then like underneath it will have a picture of like a hand on a, a, on a guitar neck, but like have a couple ones that are faded to show that it's moving really fast. <laughs> Does it noodle? <laughs> Does it noodle? Uh, wankery. <laughs> <laughs> on March 25th, Canadian rock artist Lee Aaron returns with her highly anticipated new rock album, Fire and Gasoline. Now, the only reason we have something to say about this is because <laughs> yep. we recorded our, our, our poster video uh, a long time ago. Um, Lee Aaron was on the poster, and there was a general consensus of, I don't know who the fuck that is, so get off. Months, months down the line, we realized, like, hey, she's kind of fucking awesome. So I had to put a note into the uh, the as-yet-unreleased second video that says uh we're sorry she should be on here yeah um but as of late as of like late in the 90s I think she switched over to more of like a jazz thing I think this is gonna be her first like rock album in a long time so so that's pretty awesome that's gonna be good alright Every Time I Die will be uh, headed out to record its next album sometime within the next week and according to older social media posts from the group there are around 16, 16 songs written for this album, so they should be recording that and getting that out to us probably by the end of the year. Word. Avatar will release a brand new concept album entitled Feathers and Flesh on February, May, uh, Friday, May 13th via Another Century in Europe and Entertainment One in North America and Canada. Oh, snap. Canada is North America. Why do they write that? It's redundant. I should have edited that myself. America and Canada. Yeah. <laughs> Udo Dirk Schneider is currently on a special tour uh, during which he is performing Accept songs one last time before he closes the chapter for good. The April 2nd Dirk Schneider concert somewhere in Germany will be <laughs> professionally filmed and recorded for a DVD and CD release later this year. Uh, he, <laughs> he, he just released a live album. Well, this is him doing accept songs. I know, yeah. but like, like he's 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 pulling out like all the all the special cards. Like last one was a, a um, with a symphony. Now he's pulling out the classics one. Next one he's gonna do like a tour for some sort of seminal solo album. It's okay. I I, I love his stuff anyway. So. I was gonna say like, what are you complaining about? I I, I don't know. He's you're an Iron Maiden fan. Every other live album is something having to go back. In the past. Why hasn't Iron Maiden played with an orchestra? Yet. Wow. Yet. That's why I said why hasn't. <laughs> Soon. Just, it's like, look at, look at Nico coming out there. I was going to say, that, didn't Nico just recently talk about doing something like that? Yeah. For, well, um... Well, he, he probably, like, mumbled something very excitedly <laughs> in, in, in a British slang. <laughs> <laughs> I don't speak Cockney. Stop talking. Anyway, Rival Sons have announced that their fifth album, titled Hollow Bones, will be available later this year. I don't know anything about Rival Sons. The only reason I put this in here is because on that metal show, during their lightning round, they always ask, what new band are you into? And I think seven out of ten times, the, the, whoever was on the show said Rival Sons. Is this like how uh, on Rock and Roll Jeopardy everybody's answer was the Beatles? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... To, to a point where it's like, we have to cancel this show. Everyone's answer is the fucking Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just like one of those things like, man, I should probably really check these guys out if they're already into their fifth fucking record. 
So if you have anything to say about Rival Sons, please let us know. Send us a link or something. Anyway, moving on. And the last bit of recording news here is former Scorpions guitarist Uli John Roth is planning a re- release, uh, planning to release a new concert DVD titled Tokyo Tapes Revisited as a counterpart to his 2015 double album Scorpions Revisited, on which he revisited his personal favorites from the early Scorpions period. Uli told um, Ruben of Sleaze Rocks, quote, We have recorded a lot of shows, but I just want to release the very best. There will be... There will be a counterpart to Scorpions Revisited, and it will be called Tokyo Tapes Revisited. It's a DVD recording of a two and a half hour show that I did in the small hall where we recorded Tokyo Tapes, which is one of those seminal live albums that the Scorpions did back in the day. Yeah. So that should be interesting. It's it's just in the same place, right? Like he's he's going to do his own show. It's his own show, but he's doing Scorpions tracks. Okay. You know, but from like two and a half hours of Scorpions tracks. Probably some of his own shit, yeah, too. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe throw his own stuff in there. Because his stuff's cool. But that's it for recording news. All right, so let's move on to uh, touring news. Yes, sir. I hope All right. has something that's going to really excite me here. Yeah, maybe. Probably not. Anyway, <laughs> Hard Drive Live Tour is set to hit the road next month with Sick Puppies, Red Sun Rising, Stitched Up Heart, Hudson, and Smashing Satellites confirmed for the upcoming month-long trek. The tour is scheduled to kick off in Houston, Texas on April 22nd and will run through May 21st when it will wrap up in St. Louis, Missouri. There is a San Antonio date before this tour officially starts. It's not part of the tour, but it features all the bands. And it's at, it's on um, April 21st at Siesta Fest. It's just like a warm-up show? Yeah, I, I guess so. Weird. Yeah, it seems kind of weird. It's like... Like, we're going to work out the kinks on you, San Antonio. <laughs> All right. All right. Bullet for My Valentine will return to the U.S. for a second run in May in support of their recently released album, Venom. Special guests will include Ax, 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 Asking Alexandria and Cane Hill on select dates. <laughs> the tour will start in Jacksonville, Florida on April 30th at Welcome to Rockville Festival. And we'll wrap up in San Antonio on May 29th at the River Rock Fest. We're going to drop dead from exhaustion on you, San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Def Leppard will return to the road this summer <laughs> for an extensive tour across North America due to overwhelming demand from everybody who's not Dan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I was like, who's overwhelmingly demanding this band? There's a lot of middle-aged women who really want you to pour some sugar on them, okay? <laughs> the Live Nation promoting, promoted outing will go through 55 cities across all parts of the United States and Canada. It is set to kick off on May 1st in Orlando, Florida and wrap up on October 10th in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Joining Def Leppard on this mighty summer outing you got to are... stop copying your I leave some of these things in there. I leave some of these things in there on purpose. Uh, But joining them on this mighty summer outing is Ario, Speedwagon, and Tesla. Too many inappropriate adjectives. (laughs) I love that shit. Dude, this is probably stuff that I'm copying and pasting from Blabbermouth, and they are notorious for like adding way too much shit to their fucking articles. I love it. (laughs) Who the fuck is overwhelmingly demanding this? (laughs) oh my goodness alright the lineup has been announced for a 2016 Bledfest 
The event will take place at the Heartland Performing Arts Center in Howell. Uh, what is that? What's MI? Michigan. Michigan? Okay. On Saturday, May 28th, bands include the Black Dahlia Murder, Abigail Williams, and Battlecross, and a shit ton more. I didn't feel like copying and pasting them. So. Lazy ass motherfucker. But you copied and pasted Death Leopard. Well, that, that was specifically for you, Dan. That was for you, Dan. Oh, bitch ass motherfucker. Half of, this, half of the, this podcast script is usually just trolling Dan. Or Pete. <laughs> yeah. That's a new that's a podcast trolling Dan. <laughs> Episode 30. <laughs> the Faceless Scale the Summit, Rivers of Nile, and uh, Native Construct have an April tour booked. Actually, there's a there's actually a, a update on The Faceless later on. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, the Deftones have announced a spring U.S. tour in support of their forthcoming new album, Gore, which hits stores on April 8th. Code Orange... Uh, who the band actually shares management with, will be supporting them on the run, which takes place in May, and includes all the Texas states that we previously reported. Uh, I think a couple weeks ago we reported that they had like six Texas states, including the River City Rock Fest right. and presumably the um, South by Southwest Festival in Austin. So that's pretty cool. Fallujah will play some dates on their own during their tour with the Black Dahlia Murder and um, Disentomb. Fallujah's new album, Dreamless, is headed for an April 29th release through Nuclear Blast. So, what kind of music is Fallujah? They're uh, probably genty prog. Probably along the line with something I would listen to. Does it not noodle? I think it's a little bit heavy noodle. Ah, oh, gotcha. It's not like it's, like, it's like the broad, it's like the broad egg noodles and not so much like the, uh, the skinny noodles. Okay. Okay, so, <laughs> so it's kind of like fettuccine and not like angel hair. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and here at episode 30 we, we have reached a new low yeah <laughs> I'll say I, I, fuck up Pete <laughs> I just like when we talk like Pete's face I wish we were recording these sometimes it's, it's, Pete's like ugh oh, that's why that's why I can't so, look at him hide it's so here. pained Magruder Grind has been forced to drop off the Choosing Death Fest as a result of an unspecified personal matter involving their drummer Casey Moore Fortunately, however, they'll be replaced by Pittsburgh Death Doom Metalers Durka Dirk. Um, no, I was like, wait a minute. Durkada. Durkada. Durkada, I think it is. Durka Dirk. America! Fuck yeah! Oh, I love that movie. All right. As we reported last week, Soulfly have initially announced the their four-week U.S. tour with uh, Suffocation, Battlecross, Abnormality, and Lodi Kong. Tour opens up here in San Antonio on April 22nd at the Corova. That sounds kind of interesting. Right? Like, we've been to the Corova. It does not seem like the kind of place that a lot of these bands would play. Right? Yeah. But they're getting some pretty big shows there. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're, I'm going to one. I've got to buy my tickets. Uh, you skipped over another yeah, Magruder Grind. Grind one. Oh, yes, I did. Yeah, the second one. Okay, cool. Yeah, Magruder Grind have announced a spring U.S. tour with... <sighs> <laughs> this is you trolling yourself. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what I, this is how I get myself on this one. I don't leave myself out here. I don't even know. I'm not even going to pronounce it. Yauta? Uh, Yautja. Yeah. Yautja. Well, I, I figured the J would probably yeah, be... Yeah, probably the J would probably be like, yeah. Yeah, so Yauta. Yauta? 
Anyway, but Drop Dead will also appear on select dates. They This is the show I was talking about that's in the Corova basement that we talked oh, about cool. earlier. So, April 29th here in San Antonio in the Corova basement. So, See, like this is the kind of thing I would have expected at the Corova in general. Like, yeah, yeah. So. All right, here we go. Alice in Chains will join Guns N' Roses for their sold-out Las Vegas dates during the opening weekend at T-Mobile Arena on February uh why am I doing that? Friday, April 8th, and Saturday, April 9th. So, Alice in Chains... So, Alice in Chains is playing a three-hour-long set, <laughs> folks. Get to Vegas! <laughs> Actually, I was talking to somebody uh, about this, because uh, he was telling me that somebody invited them to go, and I was like, as long as you're not paying for this show, fucking go. Because if they cancel, you got a weekend in Vegas! <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, here we go. In anticipation of his upcoming book, 18 in Life on Skid Row, Sebastian Bach will embark on a U.S. spring tour that will incorporate an intimate acoustic set followed by a full electric live show. There is a San Antonio date, May 6th, at the Alamo City Music Hall. Let me just tell you that my wife has been watching um, Gilmore Girls on Netflix. Uh-huh. Now, I can't stand to listen to it, but she sends me a text today, you know, it's like, Sebastian Bach is a recurring character on this show. I heard that, like when it was out, like. <laughs> and apparently, he's like the singer of of a band, like like that the kids play in, <laughs> like <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> Six foot five of Sebastian Bach with some fucking ankle biters, like that's ridiculous. Oh man, him and his raspy ass voice. Yes. Yeah. So so eighteen in life on Skid Row is more of like a um, legitimate title. <laughs> Oh my gosh, okay. It looks as though the faceless have dropped off of the impending Between the Buried and Me, August Burns Red, and Good Tiger Tour. Um, at the time that I wrote this, an official statement has yet to be made, uh, but the band had disappeared from numerous venue listings throughout the run of the tour. But then there was an update later in the week. The face, the faceless issued a statement that they did not, they did indeed drop off that tour and the tour I just mentioned earlier. Uh, as their... Um, due to their fill-in singer backing out the last minute. And from what I read of their statement, I didn't copy and paste the whole thing here, is that their their fill-in singer was is a member of another band, and their other band felt um, that there'd be a conflict of interest, that it'd be taken too much away from them, so he had to back out the last second. So Faceless is just like, you know what, fuck it. So, like, jealous band issues? Seems like it. Hmm. Drama... Yeah. And I think that's No, it. I got one more. Oh, you got one more? One more. <coughs> Whitechapel has announced the Decade of the Blade Tour for the month of May. That is a and great will, tour. Right? And will feature Fit for a King, The Plot in You, and Enterprise Earth as support. And Enterprise Earth sounds like a gent band. Right. I don't, I don't know anything about them, but they sound like they'd be genty. They'd be right up my alley. Yep. So is that it for... Yes, that is it. So that's it for our touring news section. Let's move on to Heavy Metal in the Charts, which Chris is going to pull up the Billboard Charts. I'm ready to go. He's ready to go. I'm ready to go. I had it pulled up earlier. Oh, snap. Okay. Well, number one is... uh, No. Not Anthrax. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even do the right, like... You're you're like, uh... (laughs) And... No. No. And you fucked. So just going on, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. It's getting low here. <laughs> what, what number are we at that you're pacing back? Um, I'm down to 30. Up oh, here we are. David Bowie, 
34, Black Star, his new his latest. Damn. Yeah, still man. rocking. Still, 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 still rocking 50. in the top 50. Uh, okay. I messed up there. There we go. Okay. Scrolling. Best of Bowie, number 42. Damn. Still kicking it. Uh, bu- bu- bu. This is Ooh, here we go. I still have to listen to more David Bowie. Number 50, After the Burial, Dig Deep, their last record. Their newest one. So that day, that's a debut right there. Did we talk there. about them last week? Yes, I did. They were one of my they were my lightning round. Or was it two weeks ago? It might have been two weeks ago. I don't even remember at this point. I think it's two weeks ago, which means that we probably won't see Anthrax on here this week, but we probably see them next week. Yeah. Hmm. I think so. Yeah. Or if we see them at all. Well, they from what oh, I understand, man, from what I understand, they, they were poised to, to sell between 28 and 30,000 copies of their record. <laughs> so that's probably going to put them on Probably towards the, I would say, top 20 mm-hmm. coming next week. Gotcha. All right. Disturbed and Moralized is up on, a, on the rise just a little bit at 56 from 61. Doherty. Daughtry. What the fuck? <laughs> Why do I say Doherty? Oh, Shannon Doherty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Dick>. yeah. <laughs> oh, the last one from Wolfmother, Victorious, is debuted at number 71. That's not bad. Yeah. That's pretty good. Psyched about that. Metallica, the Black Album, on the rise, 78 from 93. You'll probably see a rise in the Master Puppets next week because of the 30th anniversary this week. So we'll see. The Deadpool soundtrack? <laughs> that, that, took a, that took a dive. Uh, Queen, uh, Greatest Hits 1, 2, and 3 is up a little bit from uh, 95 up to 92. Yeah. Yeah. That's right, taking that jump. Beatles, one, down to 98 from 85. Journey's Greatest Hits, 101. The Days of Confuse soundtrack, for whatever the fuck reason, is at 106 after not being on the charts at all. That's the, weird. The only thing I could think of with that is there's another movie coming out that's sort of like Days and Days Confused in the 80s. And I don't, and they've been marketing it as that. So really? I'm just wondering if maybe that's renewing some interest or something. That's interesting. <clears throat> huh. Anyway, Five Figure Death Punch. Six. One fourteen on the rise a little bit from one sixteen. Oh, Pete, Pete, Pete! Look, we'll we'll circle back to this. Like, I'm not even gonna say anything. <laughs> Here's one that I was actually surprised about: uh, the Saint Cecilia EP by the Foo Fighters. They're saying it's a new release uh, at 117, but that was available for free download like two months ago. So I'm not sure what that's all about. Because <clears throat> I, you know, I downloaded it. I, maybe they went on. Maybe they actually started selling it. Yeah. Oh, well. But they say it's a new release. That's weird. Megadeth still up there, uh, 122 down from 111 with Dystopia. Ugh. Yes, they are below. Yeah. Below. Let's, let's just make a mental note of that. <laughs> Michael Jackson's Bad at 130. Michael Jackson's Thriller at 134. The Essential Billy Joel at 135. <laughs> okay. Was that on last week? Yes, it was at okay. 138. Okay, I was going to say. I was like... Appetite for Destruction's at 138 on the rise from 154. Probably from all those those new boomers. <laughs> Izzy Stradlin pushing up those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the Essential Michael Jackson at 147 on a huge climb from 148. <laughs> now 56 is still there at 152. Now 57, <laughs> top in the charts. 
Um, Elton John's greatest hits is at 155. That's always good. Elton John's Wonderful Crazy Night. I think that's his newest one yes, at 157. That took a dive from 67. I feel like like none of his later albums have been commercially successful. No. They'll, they'll be on a chart for like two, three weeks and then gone. Earth, Wind, and Fire Greatest Hits is at 159. Took a dive from 84. Mm-hmm. 50 Shades of Grey soundtrack. Dude, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, really. Don't even... Like... Gotcha six. <laughs> of the book world. ACDC's back in black, up again at 167 from 175. Red Hot Chili Peppers' greatest hits out of nowhere um, at 171. The greatest hits. Um... It just says greatest hits. Okay, yeah. yeah. The only one reason I would ever want that is because of the two bonus tracks they did, which I hate that shit. Yeah, you do. Master of Puppets at 179, down from 167. Like I said, you can probably see a rise in that next week just because of the uh, this, the anniversary. Credence at 186 from 200. The Legend of Johnny Cash at 187. Shine Down at 192. And Justice for All at 195, which is down from 189. Star Wars Headspace. What? Huh? Star Wars Headspace. It's funny they that this came up because when I was trying to find Headspace, the band, on Facebook, when I typed in Headspace, this is the first thing that came up. I don't know what it is. But it's Star Wars because it has a Star Wars logo on it and obviously the name and it has like some, on the cover it has some like, what looks like light bright shit on it. So it's probably like dance or like techno mixes of Star Wars music. And it came out this week because it debuted at 197. And uh, that's it for the charts. Hold on. My face might freeze in this, this awkward pose of, what the fuck? <clears throat> don't, don't, uh, don't take cool stuff like the Star Wars theme and make it all poppy and techno-ish. Yeah, well, so that's it, actually. So the chart's still not terribly impressive. Nope. My boys in FFDP... Still going up a little bit. <laughs> I'm wondering, like, you know, are there any kind of, like, just metal-specific charts? There are. There's the hard rock charts. Um, again, the, the main reason I do this with the top 200 is just to see where our music lies sure. in in the grand scheme of things. Right. You know, that one month in October, where that, actually that one week in October, where we had, like, five or six big releases come out and debut really well. Mm-hmm. With, with Seven Dust and Trivium and, right. and Iron Maiden, Slayer, they were all on the charts at the end of like between September and November last year. It was really good. And then all of a sudden, the more, I wouldn't say obscure, but the, the lesser known bands, the, the, the ones that people aren't going to go out immediately and buy, start coming out. And when we see things like After the Burial at number 50, that's pretty damn cool. <laughs> what we could do in the, in the future is go to their, their metal chart and just find the one band that doesn't belong on there. <laughs> oh, that'd be hilarious. I think we'll do that next, next week. Next week, yeah. yeah. Why don't we take a look? Like, we'll, If you want, to just skip over the top. Well, actually, let's do the top 200 to see where Anthrax lays, if they uh, do get on there. Yeah. And then we'll take a look at the like the top hard rock one. Yeah, so you can look forward to that. It's us basically ragging on people who, who may not necessarily know what the fuck we're talking about after 30 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's it for Heavy Metal in the Charts. We're going to move on to Social Media Highlight, which is also known as the Number Getter. 
because that's, <laughs> that's, that's how we get our listen. That <laughs> is also of you folks. That tends to be kind of true. So uh, I'm going to let Chris start this one. All right. So my social media highlight this week is The Conduit. I was contacted on Twitter by Jeff Bobbin, who is the sole mu- musical composer and recorder. He recorded everything himself. Um, there are other members of the band for live shows, it seems, but only only Jeff on record. All right, and a description from the Facebook page. The Conduit is a heavy progressive metal project designed for listeners who desire detail, proficiency, and captivation. Technicality is an essential aspect of conveying multidimensional concepts and emotional assimilation. Each song is comprised of sacred geometrical sequence, Fibonacci rhythmic motives, and meticulously headbangable time signatures. So yes, it does fucking noodle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is like quantum noodling. Yeah. When we listened to it the other day, the music is fucking phenomenal. It's really good. Um, so, of course, with a description like that, I immediately was intrigued, and when Jeff sent me a link to download his latest offering, Monarch, from Bandcamp, I jumped at the chance. Um the music is just as described. It's proggy, it's gentier at the same time, but not overly noodly, like some of the, like, the instrument prog bands I listen to, because he has to make room for his vocals. Uh, songs are structured with more of a pop sensibility in that they are, they are clear, clear verses and choruses, not choppy sections and unorganized jumping around, which is what you typically get with like, some of these bands. The one gripe I would have is the vocals. At times, it reminds me of uh, Funeral for a Friend, which is good because I'm a fan of Funeral for a Friend. But other times, it sounds a little off-key from the music and a little forced and a little out of place. While this is not the case for the whole album, the times where you feel it is it's very noticeable. Like I said, Pete and I listened to it the other day, and like I think the one tr- like the one or two tracks that we that we listened to while we actually like were paying attention to, right. it just felt a little too out of place. Yeah, like I think the way you described it was, it was almost like he was trying to sing in a different style than what the, the actual was, song was trying yeah. to. Listen. Though I think when, when listening to it, I think he was kind of singing a very slow and drawn out style, more like Tesseract does in some of their songs. But the music was a little bit more chaotic and kind of lended to something a little bit more faster paced. Like this, the pacing was wrong. And do you think that was intentional, maybe? Trying to create disharmony? Uh, I don't think so, because everything else is very melodic and very much within harmony of each other. So I think there was just maybe a misstep occurred at that point where if he changes maybe just some of the vocal phrasing around or if just something... There was just something a little off. Um, again, it's like it's not the whole... It's not the case for the whole album. I mean, some of the songs are really good. There are some really good catchy parts to it and there's nothing that's that's off-putting about it but just those few tracks are 
like I said, just a little off it. Um, with, the, with that aside, it is an enjoyable mix of classic and modern prog, and I have a feeling I will appreciate it more upon like the fourth or fifth listen, much like the Nightmare World's record. Like, upon first listen to Nightmare World, I really didn't enjoy the vocals as much, but further and further listens, I ended up loving that record. So I have a feeling that this is probably going to be the same thing. Um, But if you want to check out The Conduit, I highly recommend that you do. It's facebook.com slash theconduitband. Um, Their Twitter page is actually just on the Jeff Bobbin, so it's at Jeff Bobbin. That's J-E-F-F-B-O-B-B-I-N. Instagram is at the Conduit Band, and then on Bandcamp it's jeffbobbin.bandcamp.com. Okay. Now, I believe last week was when we uh, we put up the interview with uh, Psycho that Pat and Reese did, mm-hmm. uh, and I had reported then that I was supposed to do my um, social media highlight on them for the last two weeks. For the last two weeks, um, I finally have it. I'm ready. It's complete. Psyka is self-described as dark metal on their social media sites. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it that. I would say they're more hard rock, heavy metal, uh, based in New York, New Jersey area. Uh, As I had stated, we featured Pat and Reese's interview with um, the lead singer, uh, Jessica, last week during our podcast, and it was also, I believe, aired live during their actual show. Um, at which time they also played an acoustic set, which I'm going to make a little space for here on the podcast later on. Um, but since their formation, Psych has released one full-length album in uh, April 2014 entitled Beautiful Nightmare, which unfortunately I did not get to listen to. Um, but it is available on their Bandcamp, which I'll get to later. Um, as well as a cover of Close My Eyes Forever, originally by Ozzy Osbourne and Lita Ford. Um, which I, I got to listen to a little bit of it, so... The thing I listened to most was their most recent EP, Stay Wild, which is the thing that they're pushing pretty big right now. We got it through Skateboard Marketing. It's also available on their Bandcamp page, released in July 2015. Uh, When I said hard rock and heavy metal, the Stay Wild EP does not really stick to one particular genre. Starts off kind of like hard rock, cock rock kind of thing. Goes on to rattle the cage, which is pretty, pretty heavy, heavy metal. Um, goes into a little bit more of the, uh, the rock side, and then kind of goes punk at the end. So they're kind of feeling out multiple, um, multiple genres, kind of playing their hands at everything, and they do it all pretty well. Um, and the vocalist um, is not an operatic singer; it's a, it's a rock singer. So um, the punk stylings, the hard rock stylings, and even the, the metal, they all work pretty well for her. Um, and like I said, when they came into the studio uh, with Pat and Reese last week, they played an acoustic set performing Shock. So um, I'm going to make some space right here, right now, to play that track. Uh, in particular, this is Psyka performing Shock Me during the uh, Shred Shack last week. <laughs> Thank you. 
I said Stay Wild EP is pretty good. I look forward to listening to The Beautiful Nightmare. Uh, if you want to check out the band, go onto their Facebook page, facebook.com slash psychamusic. You can also follow them on their Bandcamp page, psycha.bandcamp.com. And you can also check out their Twitter at psychaofficial. 
And that is it for our social media highlight. We're going to move on to our discussion for the week, which coincides with last week's discussion. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about bands that we think are overrated. And I can I can feel the tension over on Pete's side of the room because he just wants to go, I got your six. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've already called it. Uh, so you want me to start with that? I guess. Oh yeah, go ahead. Right, no, cool. it's fine. Yeah, fucking five figure death punch. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like I know the only reason I bring this up is I know you guys have talked about the fact that I mean I think you all like some of their stuff, right? I, I know one song. Like okay, fair enough. <laughs> but um, like to me, I just don't get how this could even be considered metal. Like to me, this is like the kind of music that metalheads get beat up to. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's just, it's just not good. And yet, it's overrated as fuck. And if there's any other indication than the fact that it's been on the damn charts for so long. Like, since we've started, since I've started doing this with you guys, that's been the running joke, is that thing. Yeah. And there's no reason for that in my mind. Like, especially, like, for it to be already, to, to be above Megadeth, to be above, you know, legitimately good metal albums. Like, that is proof enough to me that they're overrated as fuck. I think, I think what the, the reason that they're so popular is they have a very good crossover appeal for, I mean, for metalheads like us, we don't necessarily like them because we think that they're overrated or they're just too cock rock or whatever. But people who don't necessarily listen to metal, listen to them. Um, they, they serve the same purpose as new metal. You did back in the new metal period that people who don't listen to metal, listen to them and get Mm. into better stuff. Through that, they're a gateway drug. Um, I pref- I l- I don't mind them. I mean, I I have most of their records except for Got Your Six. Um, I think, you know, they're a fun band. I've seen them live. They're actually a, a really fun band to see live. Uh, they're tight as fuck. The musicianship is actually really good. The only person I have a problem with is Ivan Moody because he's an egotistical jackass. Um, but you know. All that aside, I can I can look past that and look past their dumbass lyrics and actually appreciate the fact that they're actually a decent band. They write some catchy songs. Um, they have one of the best tracks I, from them that I know is actually the track that they do with Rob Halford, and that's a really good song. Like like I said, they probably are really overrated. They're, they're not nearly as good to get the kind of recognition they get. It's just that they have that crossover appeal, mm-hmm. which is why I think they are so so high up on the charts still and like when you put in I'm thinking they could probably get most of their stuff for the charts on streaming stuff so when you put in something on Spotify or Pandora and you put in like Metallica Radio they're gonna be there you put on like any other hard rock band they're gonna be there cause they just fill they just fill all those categories that also brings into a good point about like Spotify itself and like you know how how much of that then is organic? Like, are people actually actively looking for... I don't think so. You know? Which is why I think when we when we initially started talking about the charts in general, we talked about how these things are, are created right. or, mar- or, or measured. And, of course, it's the physical sales, downloads, and streaming. So every time a song is... Or every time an album gets, I think it's we mentioned it, 15,000 streams, that counts as a sale. And every time a song is down, every time there's ten thousand down, or no, ten downloads from one album. No matter what, if it's just ten downloads of the same song from that one album, that counts as a sale. So if they have, if they're on those streaming things, and ten thousand people listen to one song, that's a sale. 
and because Pandora and all those other ones, they kind of rotate their same playlist every hour on the hour, every couple songs, they get a lot of clicks, and that's probably what boosts their numbers, especially if they're on like multiple different stations for like hard rock, heavy metal, and, and everything else. Right. But again, going with your point, they are rel- they are pretty overrated. There's, there's nothing spectacular about them. There's nothing that really warrants them to be that high on the charts. Yeah. Event Sevenfold. Ooh. Hmm. Wow. 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 Um, I will admit that they are a great band. That they are great live. I... It's kind of been toned down a little bit because of the fact that they've been a little out of the spotlight since Hail to the King, or even before that, considering the fact that Hail to the King was, you know, yeah. Um, but when City of Evil came out and their star rose, it's like, it, it was a good album, but there's no need for them to be at the forefront of the metal scene as it currently stands, as far as a commercial front. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see what the allure was. I remember... Um, when Hail to the King came out, I wrote a review on the album. I gave it like a 3 or a 3.5 out of 5. Um, and in the intro, I had written a line somewhere along the lines of, um, now, Event Sevenfold has never been the most original band. And the only call-out I got on that review was for that line. And someone said, since when haven't they been original? I was like, since always. <laughs> since always. Since always. I mean, yeah. They didn't create metalcore. They, their their evolution to this metal sound that they have now is so derivative of every other band that they're... Well, they're Hell to the King might as well have been a cover album of like every metal album that came out in 1990. Hell to the King is basically what Amanomarth's Under the Influence was. Yeah, but the thing is, Amanomarth actually marketed it as Exactly. That. <laughs> Whereas Events of Mold did not. But, again, the band is, the band is good. They're talented. Um... Even the Rev, now who is now deceased, of course, um, fantastic drummer. The rest mm. of the band, like even uh, the guitar players, um, great harmonies. Yeah, they, 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 like they the have, thing is, they have those support. harmonies are made in Jews Priesthood in thirty years ago. And, and that's not that's not gonna the fact that people have done it better before them is not gonna tr- detract from them. But I just don't understand why them in particular are so um, high up in in the. The commercial front of the metal community. Um, again, this this could also be down to the matter of crossover appeal, as you were just talking mm-hmm, about. Right. But I just don't see it. So that's a good one. Yeah. Well, I'm, mine is going to be a little shocking here. Um, Metallica. Yes, my <laughs> oh, favorite band. Actually, I was hoping we could all get on the same page with that. Yeah, my well, favorite let's, band let's... of all time is Metallica. Yeah. I love this band. They are the band that got me into heavy metal music. I've seen them fourteen times. I, in my eyes, I can do no wrong. However, the sum of all the parts is overrated. They made the classic album Master of Puppets that we just said turned thirty years old. In those subsequent thirty years. There has been two good albums. Two. And everything else has been an utter just deterioration of what that band represented 30 years ago. They, If you think about their output since then, and if you think about the time of their influence versus the time after their influence, their time after their influence, after their influence tips the scales in yep. the negative. Um, 
they their live show is still really good, but Jamie's vocals are starting to slip. There are definitely some mistakes made. I mean, Lars has never been a great drummer. Um, a lot of the ego stuff that they do is very, very stuff that they were so against 20, 30 years ago, but they are at the forefront of this kind of nonsense now. The movie that failed, the um, you know, the documentary about St. Anger and the like we've talked about the way they talked up San Anger and how that turned into such a shit show just again my favorite band of all time but in the last 20 to 30 years their influence has just not been as credible as it has been since Master of Puppets I mean I'm so glad you brought this up because I mean you basically stole the words right out of my mouth like this is everything that I was been, I've been thinking about I mean you're right like if you think about the fact that over the last couple decades, I mean, they have not really released anything of true substance, at least not compared to their older, you know, masterworks, right? And yet, they get all the credit for everything. Like, there's, they are still the big name for the mm-hmm. big four and for metal in general, right. right? They get all the accolades, all the award shows, all the tributes, everything. And yet, you know, we have Anthrax coming out with this album virtually nothing being said about it in the mainstream, right? Um, and I think that just goes to the fact that they are tremendously overrated. Um, yeah, and like you said, the ego stuff too is just almost confirms all of that, right? Because in order to embrace that kind of mentality, you it's almost impossible not to be overrated. Yeah, it's point. like it's kind of like they're buying into their own hype. Right. And... Um, they're like the, that boxer that goes into a fight thinking I'm going to beat your ass gets knocked the fuck out yeah. and it's like oh I made a mistake and they keep on doing it you know they, they, they've had a losing record for the last 20 years like for me I, all I really would want from Metallica at this point is if they I mean given the fact that three out of the big four have released new albums like if they could release maybe one more that was hopefully just a return to their roots and then just call it quits there that would be that would be perfect but certainly don't keep on doing what you're doing <laughs> like this yeah. yeah like I said my favorite band of all time I will never not listen to Metallica I will never not love Metallica sure. I will go out and buy everything that they do I will go out and see them every single time but when you look at their career as a whole the right. first 10 years up into the Black Album incredible just a non-stop production machine the subsequent 20-some-odd years, just a continuous downhill slope. Their income and their notoriety and their their exposures in the world was on the rise. Right. But their actual credibility and their actual quality of output on the down on the downslide. That is not to say that we didn't uh, that we didn't like albums like Load. No, that's we've had this discussion before. I've I've liked Load, but the fact of the matter is we're talking about a metal. Right. We're talking about metal here. Yeah. Overrated bands in metal. And again, like P said, they are the band when you think of the big four. Well, the fact of the matter is is that if you look at the, the discographies of the other of all the members of the big four, Metallica has the weakest. Yeah. They have Master yes, Puppets. Absolutely. They have Master Puppets, but then you look at Megadeth and they got Rust in Peace. They got Peace Cells. They got Countdown to Extinction. Well, um, Euthanasia. And, and if, you, if, you, if you look at Take take the big four. We're talking 
Anthrax, we're talking Megadeth, we're talking Metallica, and we're talking Slayer. Slayer. They went all went neck uh, neck to neck right up until about ninety ninety two, and that's when things kind of just started to trickle down. Um, Metallica obviously started releasing load, reload a little bit more. Um, commercialized, I guess. You know, Hard rock, it. more more accessible. As, as a matter of fact, they all did that, but Metallica did it like I, I, I out of all of them, I love Load the most. But again, they were the they were the most commercially successful one, so they kind of got shot a lot more. Mm-hmm. Whereas you know, um, you know, Megadeth did Euthanasia around the same time. I uh, thought Euthanasia was a, a superior album to, to Load. I. I as far as a metal sense goes, Load oh, yeah, is a rock. Oh, as, a, as a metal sense, yeah. Load Euthanasia. is a rock album, flat yeah, out. Yeah. Load is a rock album. Euthanasia still has the metal sound to it. I mean, Reckoning Day and and all those other tracks alone are you know great. And I don't think I think Slayer changed their sound a little bit, but the thing is, they were no, always no, metal. But pretty much like after Load and Reload, Metallica's output diminished completely and it became more about what they were doing and not what they were releasing right so it just became kind of like a, a shit show for them while everyone else was still trying to produce music even anthrax when john bush came into the band they changed the sound it wasn't very successful change um i think that's up for debate well i'm just saying like they they went they straight from thrash and they went just more straight up heavy yeah like the song inside out that's kind of what where they were going to yeah i'm also thinking like the entire album of sound of white noise yeah, well, Sound of White Noise was still was still pretty good and everything, but after that point, they started to like just go for more heavier, not necessarily a better sound. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as we hit the turn of the two thousand, everybody started started creeping back to the roots, except for Metallica, who kind of lost the idea of what the roots were. Right, mm-hmm. and and they're still they're still wherever they are. Yeah, and then everyone's kind of like kicking back and saying, well. We're we're embracing we're embracing yeah. what we were, and now this is this is how it yeah, is. Yeah, Metallica's totally jumped the shark, and I, and I, as much as I initially liked Death Magnetic, thinking that it was like a, a trip right back to the roots, because initially that's what it sounded like, but then subsequent listens, this is like, whoa, you wait, start, you start mm. to pick it apart, and you're like, Ugh. I mean, I always say that you you can't love something without picking it apart, but this one was just like, I mean, it wasn't Saint Anger, it wasn't as bad as Saint Anger, but it was just like. It's, it's not that it's much of a step not, up either. Yeah, it's, it's just not that much of a step like up what it either. Used to be. I mean, even if they were to release another black album with just shorter, poppier, bluesier, bluesier, and just heavier songs, I'd be happy with that. They don't need to be a thrash band. They're fifty fucking years old. Not everyone can do it for forever. I mean, just write some good tracks for Christ's sake. Actually, if you go to sit down and write a track, don't think about what a good track is. Just write something. Be right? pissed off. You know, you know what, James? Pick up a beer. <laughs> Get back to drinking. Maybe something will happen. <laughs> I hate to say that, but come on. You know, I remember um, it was behind the music about Twisted Sister. And um, Dee Snyder you know, said, like, when you started off, you're, you're a hungry band and you're angry. When you're successful, you have nothing to be angry about. So that's when he started to kind of lose the, the edge and leave it to the pack. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you're Carrie King, who's just angry for no fucking reason. Well, actually, that's going to lead me into my next thing because I think Slayer's overrated. I would have to, I would have to agree with that. Yeah. Unfortunately, people go so nutty for them. I don't necessarily see the allure. Well, the I think the only reason that 
I find them to be overrated because they've been releasing the same goddamn album for 30 years. Yeah. I mean, there's been there's not much variety there. Mm-hmm. I mean, even the th- when they changed their sound, all it did really was slow things down and down tune it a little bit. For like two tracks. <laughs> but seriously, it's still been the same fucking riffs over and over again. Mm-hmm. And the only kind of variation they had is whatever Jeff Hanneman wrote. That was the only thing that had any kind of legitimate songwriting ability behind it. Everything that Kerry King writes is very similar in sound and style mm-hmm. every single time. And the fact of the matter is that Tom Araya is not a singer. He's a shouter. Yeah, He's sounded the same for 30 fucking years. Which is, which is good for them. Sure. Which is good for them, but the fact of the matter is that there's no, like again, there's no variety. I mean, if you were to take a casual Slayer fan and, and put on Repentless and throw on Season in the Abyss, they're not going to be able to tell the difference. It's the same goddamn album. Well, there is a little bit of melody. Well, I'm, 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 what I'm, I'm just saying. They have, I'm just they saying. They changed like like they are spot on exactly what they what they almost exactly what they used to be. Just not exactly as good now. Right, but it almost sounds like they're just trying so hard to kind of recreate those old albums, like, like Repentless, like you were talking about. I think we mentioned this before. I mean, it's almost like they're taking the exact same themes and just recycling re- recycling them again, yeah. and it's like. But it's even, but it's like more superficial now because the writing is like just not as good. Yeah, you know, and, and you just got like it, I think <laughs> you got him screaming about like po- political shit that's just so like. Carrie Carrie King's probably writing all the lyrics now, and he's just pissed off for the sake of being pissed yeah. off. I mean, there's nothing for there's, there should be really nothing that's making him that goddamn angry. I mean, I mean, how many times can you write about Satan? <laughs> or how much society sucks. Yeah, I mean just, it's the same. It's the same thing it's over always and over fuck again. Fuck society or, or fuck religion, and, and okay, like you've been yeah. saying that for a long time. And we get the point. Not edgy anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and of course, you know, then then releasing the Repentless Special Edition as a fold out upside down cross. It's like we get it. We get it. Stop. That was that big iron one, though, wasn't it? Like the didn't they have like a special edition? I think there was like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, the digit pack that I got just uh, folded, okay. just folded out. Uh, I got another one. Okay. And I've said this before on the podcast. Uh, Max Cavalera era Sepultura. Good. Saw, saw that one coming. Yeah. Good, mm-hmm. but not really like you know shit and bricks. Holy crap! This is amazing. Change your life, kind of thing. I, we have to remember that. This was only a ten-year period, and it it started off better than it ended for for me personally. You know, I, I thought they had a lot more potential early on, and then they just kind of went into this sound that's just kind of mad to me. Um, I don't know where you guys stand on this one. So, well, in all in all honesty, I mean, the only thing that really got me into Sepultura in the first place was Roots, and this, so that was like an important record for me. And then I went back and listened to everything else. But if I was going to go listen to Sepultura, it's still the first thing I go for is Roots, always. Um, I really have nothing else to say on that one. Cause, yeah, you know, I to say. I mean, Sepultura has always been one of those bands like, yeah, I'm a fan of Sepultura, but I'm, I'm not crazy about them either way. Yeah. yeah. So. Let me, uh, let me throw this one out here, because I'm kind of uh, going off of what you said last week, Dan, about Sentence. So the... I guess the reverse of this would be Children of Bodom. Like, mm. because here's the thing. Like, when so I remember listening to, to uh, something wild uh, back when I was like, in high school, and I thought that was awesome. But in, 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 like, retrospect, it was because I'd never heard anything like that before, right? Like, Lake Bodom was, like, the guitar solo shit on that was just unreal to me. 
But now, having been exposed to all the different stuff out of Finland, it's like, why did those guys get so popular versus virtually anybody else? Like, to me, like, the lyrics just suck now, like, compared to, well, it's the sentence. Like, why wouldn't sentence be more popular, like, here, you know, than Children of Bodom? Uh, the, for me, I like Children of Bodom. I don't go crazy for them. Like I like their new releases. I think for me, it's the musicianship behind it that I like the most. Mm-hmm. I really don't really care for his lyrics at all. Yeah, it's the it's the it's the interplay between the guitars and the keyboards for me. Sure, I mean I, I don't want to detract from that like the, at all. I'm just saying. Well, I, I I know exactly what you're yeah. talking about with Children of Bodom. Is like when you listen to them, they have the same they have the Slayer um, syndrome. Exactly, where they release, it's just release the same album every single Alexi's time. Alexi's screaming about drugs and sex every single fucking and, album. And, you know, again, the musicianship is great, but the fact of the matter is, there's only so many times you can hear a, a newly guitar solo like that in the same tone and the same speed and the same, 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 same. Right. I, I think taking taking that and making it a little bit more broad, um, I think you could say that about any band that is the most commercially successful of their genre or subgenre, because I'm gonna put this one out there, like Dream Theater, like they are the big names in progressive metal. They're great. But I feel like there are so many more deserving bands who are not getting the recognition, which, I, I which think, is not their fault, and is necessarily this, you know, it's, it's not necessarily me saying that they're overrated. But like some other bands deserve a lot more credit. So I, I can see where you're going with that. Sure. I can definitely see where you're going with that. But, but I, I think Dream Theory is one of those bands that actually are trying to to change that perception of them, especially with this latest record. Yeah. Uh, the The Astonishing is a fantastic piece of progressive right. rock. It's not progressive metal because there's a lot less. Um, heaviness to it than in previous records but this is something that they I mean they want to be maybe they don't want to be they just they just put themselves out there as the leaders of 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 a genre and they're I think they're succeeding at it and I think they're probably making it a little bit more uh, easy for people to get into because not these songs aren't long these songs are broken up the story's broken up into very accessible pieces to try and get people probably more into the genre as a whole which is cool there's a certain like I guess question of you know does the band deserve like the credit and the accolades that they get I mean Dream Theater I don't know that you could really argue that they don't deserve yeah they've had a a, a long career a lot of times it's a matter of like the I don't even know if it's a word the rabidity of the fan base which is going to lead me to my last point which I think we all know what's coming it's going to be Tool (laughs) okay I think Tool's great uh, whatever I've seen of them, you know they're yeah. they seem like a great live band. From what you guys tell me and all their their live presentation, musically, I if I hear them on the radio, I won't turn them off. I have all the albums, but it's one of those things where it's it's so people are so much into them that it's like oh, like even me with my all my Iron Maiden stuff, I can be like, yeah, they they've played the same three chords for the last like thirty years. <laughs> I can see where you're going with that because I have had the same problem with Tool fans, and I'm a huge Tool fan. Love Tool. I don't like other Tool fans. Sure. Same thing with Nine Inch Nails. Trent Reznor is not a genius. He's a great musician. That's it. All right. His lyrics are not that good because uh, people try to tell me that it's like poetry. No, it's not. And Marilyn Manson fans are the same. Manson, I haven't heard so much of. Like, well, what, what, early, on, like early on, on yeah, early on, in the day, that early was on when he was, when sure. he was. When he was first coming out, he was like the second coming. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, and the thing is, like, we just sat here and we just bashed one of the one of my favorite bands of all time because yeah. I can do that. 
those fans of those three bands just refuse to look at the negative side of their favorite band. I feel like adding Slipknot to that, though. I can actually see that for sure, too. I was going to say that because I was going to actually say that they were a little overrated because um, they were probably of the all the new metal bands. They were probably the most extreme looking, extreme yeah. as far as their performance goes and everything. Um, but overall, they weren't necessarily that good. I think that Stone Sour was a better band. They had better songs, and they were a little bit more, definitely a little bit more accessible. I think Slipknot was just too chaotic. They don't need nine fucking members on the stage. You strip down, you strip it down to the basic guitars, bass, drums, and Corey, and that is a really good fucking band. I, th- I also just feel like Corey's just style is better suited to to uh, Stone, Stone Sour. Sour. Yeah, like, his his screaming is okay. His singing is great. Yeah, I mean his work in Stone Sour, I find is a lot better so much better yeah. than his stuff in Slipknot like I love Slipknot I've seen him a thousand times I listen to the records all the time but if I want to listen to something that's good and catchy and actually gets me more involved I would much rather listen to Stone Sour yeah. sure yeah but like again the, the, the fans who have this uncompromising view of the band like you have to be able to take criticism <laughs> or, or, or like be yeah. able to like, at least listen to it and you may you may not like it at first but you gotta at least accept it like I remember um Matter of Life and Death came out. Oh, yeah. I was at um I was at Looney Tunes um to, like after a pre order to get my fucking bandana and shit, and um somebody was talking about um Brave New World. Brave New World uh, was the first Iron Maiden album I ever bought. <clears throat> Wicker Man was the first Iron Maiden song I have actually um knowingly heard. Um and they were talking about that and the guy was basically saying ah it's just a bunch of refuse tracks from when they were with uh, Blaze Bailey. And of course, I'm sitting there like puckering my asshole, like I love that album. But after a little while, I, I listened to it again, and I was like, okay, this does sound a lot like you know, the Blaze Bailey, yeah. Bailey should have been here. Like that's what it sounds like it was for. I can understand that. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can be like, okay, I can I can see your your gripe with it. So I I, I, I sit there and you know, unclench my asshole. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of is our dad used to work with a guy who was a huge John John Wayne fan and my dad purposely went out of his way to tell him that John Wayne was gay <laughs> and he was like not the Duke no never that's what we're talking about here <laughs> not the Duke say what you want about the Transformers but don't touch the trilogy <laughs> uh, but yeah like if you like the fans who just had that, that really uncompromising view, it's it's really tough to try to uh, associate with. And I don't want to say associate because that sounds pretty bad. It's tough to try to find uh, a mutual ground with them. Well, sure. here is my last one. I'm gonna fucking stick to my guns. Guns and Roses is overrated as shit. Uh, in the same vein that like the Sex Pistols are, they had like. Ugh, an album. God, <laughs> dude. I mean, as much as I love that Sex Pistols record, they've had. One record. Because again, it was, it was more so like a matter of like what they did in what like two three years. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know anything about the Sex Pistols besides the fact Guns N' Roses. Appetite for Destruction is a great hard rock album, but it wasn't groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't something special. It yeah. wasn't Black Sabbath. Black Sabbath. I mean, it was just a really good hard rock album. It just doesn't deserve the cult of personality that surrounds it now. You know, and I I understand, like, Use Your Illusions 1 and 2 are great records, too. 
But that's where the ego came in, and it's like they wrote these grandiose songs, and then they they do these tours that they end up canceling, fucking riots, yada yada. They didn't deserve that kind of no. recognition. I think the reason that Appetite for Destruction was as popular as it was in its time is because it was a kick in the ass to to the the rock metal scene at the time. It was late eighties. It was eighty seven, late eighties. All of it was like you know really pop metal. Motley Crue, Poison stuff, and they came along with a bit more attitude. And like, again, the songs are great, but I mean, the the fact that people are still clamoring for a reunion and they think it's gonna work—it's like there is no reason, there's no logical reason to think that this is not gonna be a train wreck in some way. Uh, I just think that they don't deserve as much credit because I, I guarantee that if they weren't the band that got picked up another band sounding just like them was around that would have got picked up and would have been just as popular at the same fucking time. The same case as Nirvana. Oh, my God. Right mm. place, oh. right time. Oh. <laughs> I was actually waiting for him yeah. to say Nirvana. Because well, I, I wasn't going to include them because they're not metal. metal. But, oh, man, let me tell you about fucking Nirvana. <laughs> <laughs> right place, right time, any other band yeah. would have done the same fucking thing. Guaranteed. I can still listen to Nirvana Nevermind and be like, man, I like all these tracks. But man, Nirvana can suck my dick. <laughs> Again, that's that's also a thing with with the fan base. I mean, there's, yeah. there, I mean, there's still guys that I'm friends with that worship Kurt Cobain to this fucking day. That he can do absolutely no wrong, even though he wasn't that great of a guitar player. I mean, his lyrics were okay, but I mean, and I think it's again. Right place, right time. Yeah. So that's how I feel about Guns N' Roses too. <sighs> now you pissed me off. I, I, say, I got all heated. Got, oh, that was yeah. good. That was really good. <laughs> Dude, look at the vein popping out of his bald head. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> we talked about Tool. We talked about Nirvana. Yeah. We I, got I, it all. I, I, I would probably prefer Tool over, over Nirvana, but still, it just oh, it just irks me. I, I I would like to think I'm an open-minded person. <laughs> You're a fucking hipster and you know it. Ah, eat me. <laughs> you know, I, I was at work today and one of the uh, one of the patients was online at the cafeteria and there, somebody mentioned sriracha. He's like, ah, sriracha's for hippies. And I'm like, I'm going to put some of my eggs right now. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's for hipsters. hipsters. <laughs> but still, I was like, oh, I want some of my eggs. That shit's great. I don't care. Yeah, uh, yeah. My first thought was you, and you being like, "Well, oh, fuck it, I don't give a shit." <laughs> <laughs> I fucking put my sriracha on my sriracha, <laughs> which is a slogan on the bottle now. It is ridiculous. Really, it says that. Yes, I put sriracha on my sriracha. Yes, I officially love sriracha, <laughs> and I think that our uh, our discussion has devolved into a discussion about sriracha. So, unless somebody has a um, random one-off overrated band we ended on the fucking fucking <laughs> come on pick up pick up yeah. something to make yourself feel better oh let's uh, go I think we covered all our bases on that fuck those like. bases <laughs> got your six <laughs> alright he feels better now <laughs> I do I do feel so much better now he feels better now He's and on okay. that note we're gonna make our curtain call <laughs> Just a 30 minute curtain call <laughs> 
Until next time, subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash adamandstemplum, for more Shred Shack-related content, including interviews, editorials, concert reviews, and the like. Um, we haven't had anything up since the top three video, but go that's back a, that's actually that. it's, it's been a light month for us. In January, we were pumping shit out. Yeah, well, we had the review and everything, and we haven't seen any concerts in a little while. But you can look forward to some stuff coming up because we are doing our uh, next top three for February uh, right after this video, mm -hmm. which will be up um, the Friday after this gets released. And then you can look forward to a new album review because we have decided that we are going to do these every two months. Um, so February, uh, January was the first one. And you expect one... No, January, February. February. Release the first one in February. We're going to release one in April. And we got one for June. So we have... These lined up. Whatever comes in the future, we're going to figure that one out. But uh, check out the videos. And I, I, after experience last night, I would say everyone should watch our our HD videos on big screens because they look so cool. They look so good. <laughs> and it gets me to really admire my work. Uh, you can also check out my video game Let's Play series, Recreational Warfare, which boasts over 200 episodes across 30 games from various eras of gaming. And for more up-to-the-minute updates and news from yours truly, follow my Twitter account at username NovusRedemptor. All right, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at UpTheIron3314 for all my adventures in fitness and the Shred Shack and life in general. Um, if you are in the San Antonio area and you're looking for some personal training or nutrition counseling, you can contact me on facebook.com slash uptheiron3314. And if you want to, you just become my friend on Facebook. My name is Chris McDonald, and everything that I do is involved in that one page. All my nerd stuff, all my Shred Shack stuff, and all of my personal training stuff. It's all in that one spot. And you can follow me on Twitter at AbyssalSun for more metal news, reviews, and releases. I haven't checked out your Twitter in a while because usually you have like some fun stuff where you're like you know just kind of randomly throwing a comment at somebody. Yeah, I like yeah. doing that. It's fun. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta keep up on your Twitter. <laughs> um, if you're hearing this, I will assume you found your way to our Mixcloud page. Mixcloud.com/slash/theshredshack is currently your primary source for all previous installments of the Shredshack podcast, as well as recordings of the Shredshack live radio show. Speaking of the live show, <laughs> speaking of the live show, tune into Pat and Reese every Wednesday night from seven to nine p.m. Eastern Standard Time for two hours of heavy metal music and banter with music involved. Well, you said heavy metal music, yeah, and, well, and banter. Well, it, it could just be about heavy metal music, like ours. Yeah, we need a radio show. You, you listen to us talk. Let's go steal a radio station. <laughs> We're watching too much Leverage lately. Every every episode kind of starts off with a "Let's go steal this." You can find the wing. What? We could just hack into a radio station. That'd be fun. Oh yeah. We could be total like hacktivists. Ugh. Not tagging. Give <laughs> that clip. Don't be coming back now. <laughs> um, well, you know what we can do. We can we can fill up some um, some water guns with pepper spray. Oh, skull <laughs> airheads on it. Yeah, bitches. I ain't, I ain't part of no snare drums. <laughs> You can find a link to the weekly show as well as any and all Shred Shack related updates on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Shred Shack. Until next time, I'm Dan Mack. And this is Chris Mack. And I'm Pete. Reminding you that the world is full of kings.